why you and me could gather here. And today as we celebrate, lift up the powerful name of Jesus in this house. Let us declare with every media that we have and every strength that God has provided us to and shout it out together that Jesus is Lord and it is a beautiful Christmas with Christ in it. Hallelujah. Today our world has Christmas but no Christ. People have a manger with just the idols of Jesus and the, the nativity scene, but they don't really have Jesus. It has been commercialized. People have been marketing. This has been used for business. But today, hey, people are making it more easy for us to propagate the love of God during this season. Can I tell you, I did not have to pay you know, for marketing because this season has already been marketed by every businesses. I am just using this season season to proclaim Jesus is Lord everywhere. I can just stand on any rooftop and shout it out together that Jesus is King. If He came 2,000 years ago, He's going to come back again. And this time when He's going to come back, He's coming back for a glorious church. His bride, that is the New Testament church. Jesus is coming back again. That is the message of Christmas. Are you with me? Hallelujah. The message of Christmas is Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He was promised. Prophecy was fulfilled. He's coming back again to fulfill many other promises. He is coming back again. So I want our church to understand Christ is coming back uh, uh, for the New Testament church. Oftentimes, and today before I get into the sermon, deep into, dive into the sermon, I do recognize some of our guests here. Brother Joji has brought them. They're visiting us from Atlanta. It's our joy to have this entire family. Can we actually put them, and come on, give them a Texas welcome that forced them to move from Atlanta to Texas. Come on, God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. May the Lord continue to bless you. Today, um, as, as we look into this scripture portion, I want to bring your attention to words, and honestly, this is my third message uh, this weekend and there is one more to do at, at Firewheel Mall. So this weekend I'm just prepared so much uh, preaching different sermons but God is good and I'm praying that He will give me the strength to bring this word out and honestly I could preach the same message that I preach at the Malayalam service because a lot of them are newcomers here. But then we do have some families uh, who have sat through both the services. And I don't want to give something that has already been delivered. And when I was praying, I thought, God, this is going to be really hard. Can I just preach the same thing? Because it makes my work easy. But no, he told me something. And he told me, my uh, people need something in every sphere of their life. So this weekend, you are packed with a lot of sermons. But I pray that all of these sermons will help you in your Christian journey. This morning, I want to bring your attention towards Jesus is Lord. It is part seven of the series that we have been doing. What's the name? Jesus is King. Part seven of the series, Jesus is King. For all the newcomers here, I just want to let you know, we based this entire sermon series out of Kanye's new album. Who even thought that in 2019 we would do a sermon series based out of Kanye's album. May the Lord continue to bless his soul and everything he is doing for God's kingdom. All respect to what God is doing. But this morning I want to bring your attention to and I noted it down when we were thinking about today's service that Jesus is the Lord of our life. Hear this very carefully. The message of Christmas is that 
Christ is going to come back again. A lot of churches, and I remember two years ago, at our church here, I did an Advent series which talked about the return of Jesus Christ. The return of Jesus Christ. Today in our world, the, uh, uh, you know, the world has always been closer to the coming of Jesus Christ, not just in the 21st century, but from the 1st century onwards. I've heard a lot of sermons where preachers would say that today is the best time Jesus is going to come back. Yes, today is the best time. So was in the first century. Because in the first century, the disciples and the apostles and everybody who were around Jesus believed that Jesus was going to come back in their time. That's why they sold their belongings. They sold their possessions. They sold everything and gave it to the church. Why? Because they believed Jesus was going to come back in the First century. They gave everything and they wanted to extend the good news of Jesus Christ to all the earth. So what they did, they sold their properties. Are we even close to the first century saints? No, because they decided that they will give something that is valuable to them. Their inheritance, their entire belonging, their belonging that they were separated for their generations. They decided to sell all of that, give it to the church. Why? Because they wanted to make sure that the gospel will be reached out to ends of the world. And my decision or uh, my message today is, what are we willing to do? I'm not asking you to sell your houses and give it to the church. If the Lord leads you today, please do it. We will start building our church in the next door. We don't have to look any further. If the Lord leads you, please do it. Don't blame the pastor after that. But here's the message. Here's the message. Here's the message. Roy Inkle is smiling. Here's the message. <laughs> Here's the message. The good news of Christmas of this season is that we believe that Christ is going to come back. Is anybody in this room who doesn't believe that? Nobody. Because our faith has no value if we don't believe that Christ is going to come back. The very truth of the, the very foundation of our faith is that we worship God because we know He's going to come back. When you know that you have a, a guest coming to your home, what do you do? You clean up your house. You take care of the mess. You take care of everything in your house. And in every house, including mine, we have that one room where we put all our junk. And you're like, oh, pastor, please don't even try getting into that room. And we will not. We have that one room designated for all the junk, the trash that we just want to pour into the moment we know somebody is visiting us. Hey, you know what? Sometimes the same thing applies into our personal life too. That we have that one area in, your, in our life where we dump all those unnecessary things. Hey, Here's my message. As I am reading the scriptures out here, we need to declare together that Jesus is Lord of our life. The meaning Lord, what does it mean? When the Britishers ruled India almost for 250 plus years, one of the things that they brought out was, and the same concept you see in the Roman Empire many years ago, when they were ruling Israel. Or when they were ruling the Greek area. And what they did was, the, the appointed leaders were called as Lord. Lord. Even in India, you see, a lot of these Britishers who came to rule India, or most of these colonized nations around our world, which is colonized by the British Empire, they were lords that were sent by the British Empire that took care of the kingdom. Here's the meaning. The word Lord means someone having power, authority, or influence, who is basically a ruler. In other words, Lord is king. You address a Lord as the king. 
and here's my understanding. King cannot be a king without a kingdom. Are you with me? A king must have a kingdom. A lord must have a kingdom. What's the word? A kingdom. That's where the king rules. You and me, we are the New Testament kingdom of God Almighty. He rules our life. We must declare when, we, when most of us took water baptism, what did we declare? I declare Jesus is the savior of my life and he's the Lord of half of my life. Is that what you said? You said Jesus is the Lord of just 50% of my life. Help me understand this. We said Jesus is the Lord of all my life. What does it mean? That all of me, my thoughts, my emotions, everything I am as an individual, my social background, it could be my wealth, my accomplishments in my life, my educational background, or it could be anything and whatever you have, X, Y, Z, that you can add on to your name as your background provides for your family status. Everything. God is the Lord of your life. We declare that. Of course, we declare that. Why? Because people asked us to do that. Or we just wanted to take water baptism because of the pressure that was around us. Hey, you got to know that every morning that we wake up, every conversation that we have with God, which is prayer, conversation with God, every innate desire that rises up from our heart, every emotional aspect that rises up from our heart, we must declare that Jesus is the Lord of our life. Jesus is the Lord of all all my life. I want to read a scripture here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Oh, I love this scripture. That of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. One, in heaven. Two, on earth. Third, under the earth. On heaven, on earth under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word Lord. I don't usually take a lot of Greek words. But here the Lord, uh, the word Lord uh, means kurios. That's where the word kuriakos has come. Rosny can lovingly call Sean now onwards kuriachayo. It simply means the Lord. Kurios means the Lord. The Lord of our life. And understand this. In the Greek empire, or I'm sorry, in the Roman empire, they brought out a rule. They brought out a rule that every citizen must, must worship Caesar. Every citizen must worship Caesar and declare that Caesar is the supreme kurios, or in other words, Caesar is the supreme lord of our life. Those who did not were murdered, were executed, were persecuted. So the New Testament church, when Paul is writing this letter to the Philippian church, when Paul is writing this letter to the Philippian church, he's explaining to them, hey, you know what? People may bring rules, regulations that you have to address so and so as the king of your life. Hey, you know what? If you are a Bible-believing believer, 
You shall have no other God other than me is the word of God. You don't want to fail the commandment of God Almighty, which was given in the Old Testament, also proclaimed by Jesus in the New Testament, that you shall not have any other God other than me. Look to our own life. You and me may not have a so-called Caesar that is ruling our life, but what are those things that has taken importance in our life? What are those things that we give priority in our life? Hey, you know what? In, in, in one hour time, whatever you give importance to, you run and you turn to that thing. Take your life, divide it into 20, 24 hours, right? In a day, and that 24 hours, just take one hour. And in that one hour, what is that one thing where you are attracted to the most? What is that one thing where you are uh, uh, pulled to the most? Can I tell you something? That somehow, somewhere, unconsciously has become the law of your life. Because if you have any of those things, today I declare, no Caesar has placed in your life as the Lord of your life. We must declare by all means that Jesus is the Lord. Are you with me, church? Track along. Track along with me. Jesus is the Lord of our life. So they brought up this rule in the entire area that, that the people... The Jewish Christians, the Greek Christians, and everybody who are the new believers should worship Caesar as the Lord. And what they did was they had to uh, uh, burn incense in their house in respect to and worship of Caesar. Are you with me? They had to burn incense in their house in order to worship Caesar. Or whenever they approached Caesar, they had to bow down and call him, O King, O Lord Caesar of our life. A lot of New Testament Christians in the early church died because they refused to call Caesar as the king of their life. What does this story talk to us in the New Testament? When Jesus is coming back for the glorious, uh, thriving, faithful bride. Who is the bride? The New Testament church. Each of us seated in this room, we are the bride of Jesus Christ. He's coming back to take us with him. He's coming back for the glorious uh, reign that we will have with him. Jesus is coming back for his church. Whom is he coming for? He's coming for the church that has declared Jesus is Lord over my life. Jesus is Lord over my personal life. I want to dissect that first verse and I want to bring your attention here. Number one, Philippians 2 verse 9 and 11. Therefore, God exalted him. One is the highest place. What is the most highest place that you know in your life? The highest place that I can think of is Mount Everest. I was visiting Nepal many years ago for ministry. And while I was there, we were not close to Mount Everest, but very far away. But still from that distance, I could see how tall, how majestic this mountainous region, Himalayas are. And among them, Mount Everest was, it stood tall. Uh, a gigantic figure, a huge, huge, huge figure, mountain ranges that I see. So for me personally, the highest place that I see is Mount Everest as the highest place on earth. But most of, the, most of us who have had flight journeys, that is the 30,000, 35,000 feet high is what our flights usually take us around. And that is the highest place that we have been to. There are many others who have conquered moon and Mars and different places that they have been to. There are many others who have gone much more beyond and farther. NASA today is trying to conquer the most highest places and deepest places on our planet. What are they trying to do? But they are, you know, they are trying to 
uh, uh, find the deepest and the highest places where they can conquer and claim themselves a name. What they do when they found, they find, or they send a rover into into Mars or into moon, sorry, into moon, what they try to do is they will put their flag and declare that America has reached here. A few months ago, India tried to do something very, 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 very crucial. What happened? Just 1.5 kilometers ago, uh, away from the surface of the, the lunar orbit, uh, uh, the spacecraft crashed into uh, the surface and they could not succeed. Every organization tries to do something where they can reach to the highest place and they can camp, they can put their flag there by marking or pitching or pitching their flag. One thing that they declare is my country, my organization has reached this greater height. Nobody else has done it. That's the same thing India wanted to do. And I know most of you have followed the news and they wanted to be the first one to be on the other side of the moon to pinch their, pitch their Indian flag in that lunar soil. Guess what happened? They could not succeed. They might try again. They will succeed. So that is the highest place they have tried to reach. And our world today is trying to reach much more higher places. What are the highest places you have reached in your life? Your education, your job. You know, sometimes we reach in a church setting. Most of the scenarios that I've, whenever I meet with church leaders, they, 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 there was a brother that I met with recently and he said, you know, I have 20 families. I am happy with my family. They have already reached their plateau and they have nothing to do above that. Are you with me? In a usual church setting, uh, just for your understanding, we need to pray that you will cross the 200 mark. When you cross the 200 mark, your church increases every single Sunday. That's how, you know, church leadership helps us to understand. Your church must cross the 200 mark. The moment your church crosses that. But guess what? A lot of Christian leaders, a lot of elders are satisfied with the 50. That is the maximum height they have reached. They're happy with what they have achieved. And they just want to pass it away with what they have gained or what. But hear this and understand this word. Who has been exalted to the highest place? Jesus. By whom? God Almighty. Hey, if Jesus has been reached above to the highest place, number one, He has been exalted by God Almighty. Why do you limit yourself, my brother, that you are happy with 50 or 100? Why do you limit yourself with just a bachelor's when you can do master's and doctorate and go on when my God is the source of your life? He who has been exalted to the most high place, I declare into the life of every single one of you, do not limit yourself. Our limitation is not here. God has exalted Jesus. We look to our Redeemer's face and He says, come on, you can do it again. You might have failed, but I am here to declare, you will do it again. Why do you have to neglect? Hallelujah. I'm prophetically declaring into somebody's life today. If you're listening to me, listen to this very carefully. Do not limit yourself. 
There is greater things what God wants to do in you that probably you don't know. You don't have to look into the detail. Look at the face of Jesus who was exalted to the most highest place by his own father. Where Jesus is exalted, he is ready to take us into the next step, the next level. Let me talk about the spiritual life. A lot of us are satisfied with just one Sunday worship. We come, we celebrate God's presence. And I know, I understand the situations that all of us go through. But hey, I'm not asking you to come for every services. But are you spending time with God where you are elevating your own spiritual life into the next dimension of your life? Are you working towards that? Are you helping yourself where you want to grow in your spiritual life? Lord, I am not satisfied with just two songs. I'm not satisfied with just two and a half hours of praise and worship on a Sunday, but I want to grow deeper. I want to grow higher in my spiritual life. Hey, come on. I, I want to let you know that take this scripture and apply in your life and learn it that Lord, this season in my life, I want to grow into the next level. The next level of spirituality. The next level of my ministry. The next level of my spiritual life. The next level of my education. The next level, oh Lord, I am dreaming for the next. People might have thought and told you enough in your life. You cannot. You will not. You will never. Your family will never thrive. But I am here to declare my Jesus who was exalted by Father to the highest place. Hallelujah! Exalted by Father to the highest place. What is the highest place that you have thought and seen so far? Do not limit yourself. This season in 2020, I am declaring, if there is any unfinished task in your life concerning the future of your life, begin it. I am declaring as a prophetic word. You are about to conquer it. You are about to overcome that. You are about to finish what the Lord has begun. There is somebody here. You have a small dream in your heart. To do something greater for God. Can I tell you. When you march ahead to do. What is impossible with you. My heaven. My God. Will back you up. And he will help you overcome it. Oh Jesus. Rikobo shante rabasatu rokobo. Father, I give this word to thy hands and I ask, O oh Lord, that you will minister it. You will minister through this, O oh Lord. Listen to this very carefully. Number one, God exalted him above everything to the most highest place. Number two, I want you to learn this very carefully. Above every name. Above every name. Any struggle you face in your life has a name. Any opposition that you have in your life has a, a name. Any disease that is in your life or your family has a, has a name. Medical science has given so tough names that even as pastors, it is really hard. I was talking to a brother a couple of months ago and he said, Pastor, we are dealing with this. And he gave me the big long name. I said, Amen. And I said, only Jesus can heal the name that is shortest, but the name that is powerful. Your medical name has a long name to declare, but the name of Jesus is powerful. Yeah. Hallelujah. Some of you know that you know, for almost six, seven months, I worked as a chaplain. I love my chaplaincy job. 
when I was working at Baylor, and I'm planning on doing my volunteer hours for maybe in a week, uh, once a week or once a month or twice a month with them. I love my chaplaincy job because it's learned, taught me a lot, uh, uh, and it has sharpened my theology on suffering. It has changed my perspective. And I have told a lot of my pastoral friends, whenever you get an opportunity, you got to do chaplaincy work, get into the hospital system, do volunteer work. Listen to this. When I was in my hospital setting, you know, they taught me, because I was with the oncology department, they taught me a lot of different names with uh, cancer and different all. And back of my mind, I'm like, okay, you have all these names, but I have one name that I declare. It is the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus. And when I walk into um, this hospital rooms, one thing that I know is, I know you might be dealing with that. I am here to just help you with your spiritual life and your emotional strife that you have been through. But I am praying back of my mind, Lord, I pray that this man will know who Jesus is. Because I know one thing, the, the medical system can give whatever name, but the name of Jesus is exalted above every name. Sotram, hallelujah. What are those systems around you today that is quenching, uh, uh, I would say, that is, that is destroying your spiritual life. The systems around what is trying to destroy you. The systems around that is not allowing you to grow. There's a name that you can attach to that. There's a name that you can give it to that. In your spiritual life, in your spiritual life, sometimes it could be the lying spirit. It could be the spirit of ego, the spirit of jealousy, different names that does not allow you to be a mature, better Christian in Christ Jesus. But Jesus' name is exalted above every name. Declare the name of Jesus over your life. Declare the name of Jesus over your spiritual life. And you see what does not change. Because His name is exalted above every other name. If there are people here who needs a healing in your life, you might have a medical report. Or if you're watching me from wherever, whichever part of the world, you might have a medical report that said it can't happen, you will not live. But I am here to declare by an anointed man of the Almighty God. I declare today this word that your medical system will fail. Jesus does not fail. The name of Jesus is exalted above that every other name and He alone is the King of this house, the Lord of my life. The Lord of my life. I just don't want to be and give you an emotional rise here, but I want you to know from the bottom of your heart that Jesus is the Lord of our life. Above every other name. Number three, at Jesus' name, one. Every, uh, third, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Today or tomorrow, this word will happen. There are people who oppose the work of God for centuries. Guess what? Saul, the writer of Philippians, is the greatest example. Opposed the work of God. Killed all the Christians. What happened? One encounter, his life transformed. So it could be Narendra Modi or it could be anybody else that stands against the work of God Almighty. But no matter who comes in power, who rules the White House, I don't care. But I know one thing, Jesus is in this house, the Lord of our life. And as long as He is lifted up and lifted in every spirit and walk of our life, He is declared as the Lord, 
the ruler every knee shall bow ella muttu madanguna ore ore namam adu yesu christuvinte namam every knee shall bow hallelujah so vishesham parayan pogumbol when we go to evangelize there are people who say that brother will not change that family will not change your job is to explain the love of jesus into their life samaya mama madangatha muttugal madangi irikkum sotram hallelujah when it is the right time the knee that should bow at the face of jesus will bow down sotram hallelujah hallelujah many years ago anisha and i we were newly wed to be precise 7 years ago we were uh, invited to a ministry in uttar pradesh we were ministering at a church hundreds of people hundreds of people packed auditorium my brother was there my team was there our worship leader sang powerful song we led in a beautiful time of worship anisha preached um and right after anisha preached i took the microphone to preach and as i was standing there to minister i saw uh, a lot of people were possessed with demon a lot of people were possessed with demon a lot of manifestations were happening people were falling down rolling out crying out a lot of things were happening people were god was healing people in that group there was this one guy who saw he was well built huge well built guy and he came to my face and he said in hindi and this is why he said you know you are making everybody fall down if you have the guts push me down too he was very heavy well built and imagine you know as a pastor that is the challenge that you have to face sometimes and i just looked at that brother like every time with you guys how i smile i smiled at him and i said brother it's not me it is the power of god and he challenged me he said if it is a power of god make me fall down make i didn't do anything i did honestly i wish i had the recordings to just show you but this just increased my faith anisha was newly i mean we were newly wed standing there my team is here they're supporting and when this brother came a lot of other security people came around me and they were standing with me that they don't you know attack or do anything but guess what he took few steps back but i don't know what happened but this guy when my eye opened my eyes to look at him again he was fallen down he was fallen down i didn't push him i didn't say anything i didn't lay my hands on him all i said was it is the power of god he stood against me as a servant but god made him to fall down can i tell you something there might be people who stand and oppose the work of god against you but when you stand in truth and you stand in the authority you stand in the anointing of god almighty every knee will yalla muttu madanguna oru naamam adu yeshuvinte naamam mathram Hallelujah if you are an anointed man and woman of God stand in that power know who is backing you up no man no person no power has the ability to put you down because it's the power of God every knee will bow every knee will bow i'm not saying this guy gave his life to Jesus but in the midst of everybody who was watching this man had an evil spirit he was possessed the lord delivered him that night 
the Lord delivered him. I didn't have the interaction with him later. I believe the church might have to lead him to Christ after that. But what I'm saying here is, what I'm helping us understand, do not be afraid of your circumstances. Do not be afraid of people around you. You might think, oh, how will I share gospel? How will I share the life of Jesus to that friend of mine? He's a very hard-headed person. He has a very hard-heartened man. He or she, that family will not. Your job is to use the water that I experienced explained last week, water will melt away every heart. It softens the heart. Your job is use the water which is the word of God and it will soften hardened hearts. Every knee shall bow. Fourthly, every tongue shall confess. Oh, I love that. Dushyanam parainadam paradoshnam parainadam ribadu vektikalondu pasha avara navungund avaridana parayam yeshu kristu the Lord of my life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There are people who will always have stories and always have accusations and complaints and problems. They are around you all the time. It's okay. There is going to be one time when God will intervene in the life and they will declare, God Almighty is the Lord of our life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You don't have to worry about people when they talk trash about you. You don't have to talk trash on them because they talk trash on you. You cannot become like them. You are a chosen vessel of God. You know who you are in Christ Jesus. When you know your identity in Christ Jesus, you cannot take the devil's identity and do like what they do. You do what God has asked you to do. And watch and see when tables turn around, God will make the same people to lift you up when they have put you down. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I, when I'm preaching this message, when I'm preaching this message, something that in the last week the Lord asked me to do, it is a confirmation of my, of my preaching, my confirmation of my preaching. And I'm asking my church too, when you lead worship, stand on stage here. The Lord asked me, preach as if you're preaching to thousands. When the Lord told me, I'm taking this as a prophetic word over my life. And I'm going to declare in this house, we may see, may not see, but one thing I know, if the Lord has asked you to do it, just do it. Blindly believe in His Word. Blindly re be ready and be available to do what the Lord has asked you to do. And He asked me, Justin, when you preach, don't just preach for hundreds, preach for thousands. And when I walk around in this place and platform, my dominion will showcase that I am in the midst of thousands who are watching, thousands who are listening, thousands who are seated because the Lord has asked me to do it. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord. Hallelujah. We lift you up in this room. Every knee shall bow. In heaven, on earth, under the earth. In heaven, on earth, under the earth. We know I'm not going in a very theological conversation here. On earth, in heaven, every heavenly beings. On earth, every believer, people will acknowledge. And also... Under the earth too. Where? What does it mean? Hell. Under the earth. Even in the lowliest place, the hell, people know and will declare, but baby, 
It's too late when you are in the hell to declare He is the Lord. You have all the chances. Every good thing available. There is a wonderful church like Zion. And there is many other churches in Dallas City where you can, you can joy to worship God as the King and the Lord of your life. This is the greatest opportunity that I want to declare in this house that Christmas is the season to declare Jesus is going to come back for a glorious church. The realm of Christ, the Christ reign covers everything that happens in earth, heaven, on earth. No one, not even those who deny his existence, can be free of his rule of outside, his fear of authority. Everything that is on earth, under the earth, in heaven. I want to bring your attention to us. Jesus is Lord of all, or he is not Lord at all. This applies to a spiritual man, a spiritual church, personal life. Jesus, listen to this, is Lord of all, or he is Lord, is not Lord at all. We cannot be a lukewarm Christian. I cannot be a Christian where I'm like, I like that and I like this. You either be there or you be here. Are you with me? We know a lot of people who want to be in both the places. They want to enjoy the life in both the areas. I love that Monday to Friday. I love this Saturday and Sunday. Hey, 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 hey. Don't do that. You want to enjoy, be there. Enjoy your life full of fullest. Or be here and enjoy the reign with Christ Jesus. The glorious return of Christ is for those people who declare that Jesus is the Lord of all my life. Jesus is the Lord of all my family. Jesus is the Lord of all my church. I have nothing to do 80-20%. I got no business with 50-50%. He is the Lord of all and He is the Lord of all my life. What does it mean? Let's apply it. He's the Lord over my social media. He's the Lord over my writings. He's the Lord over my phone calls. He's the Lord of every conversation. He's the Lord of my walk. He's the Lord of my eyes. He's the Lord of my ears. He's the Lord of my heart. He's the Lord of my life. Everything I am as an individual, He is the Lord. Are you with me, church? Help me preach this better. He is the Lord of all or He is not Lord at all. He's the Lord of all, over everything. Check your phone today. Is He the Lord of your life? Check your heart today. Is He the Lord of your heart? Check your conversations today. Is He the Lord of your conversation? Check your habits. Is He the Lord of your habits? Is He the Lord of our life? Understand this? Our Christian faith revolves around the principle or the basic foundation that Jesus is going to come back again for a church that declared Jesus as Lord over everything. We as a church, as the pastor leading this house, I know we have people who have, who have a lot of limitations. They are growing in their life. And I pray, do not stop your growth. You do not want to be anywhere closer to being a stunted growth. You need to grow in your life, in your spiritual walk. Every single child in this room, help yourself. Nurture yourself, nourish yourself to grow one step, next step, 
grow to the maturity of who Christ is. So that you and me will be perfected in the image of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? Jesus is Lord of all or He is not Lord at all. As I wind, I want to bring your attention towards the last portion here. In the early church history, there was a church father whose name was Polycarp. Polycarp. Now Polycarp was an early church father. He was also the disciple or the spiritual son of Apostle John. Apostle John had a spiritual son, disciple by the name of Polycarp. Polycarp was a great instrument in the hand of God for the New Testament church. He was a great instrument in bringing people together. He followed the practices, instructions of everything Apostle John had commanded, taught him. He walked a perfect life. But guess what happened? The Roman Empire came into power and they destroyed everything and started persecuting the Christians. The Roman Empire made an ordinance, a declaration that you should declare Caesar as the Lord, Kurios, over your life. And Polycarp was 86 years old when he was arrested by the Roman Empire. Listen to this very carefully. Polycarp was tied and he was about to be crucified and beheaded. And at that time, the only way he can uh, get the pardon uh, 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 is, is if he declares Caesar as the Lord of his life. At 86 years old, Polycarp made a declaration. He said, I have nothing to do with Caesar. For 86 years, my God has led me. For 86 years, my God has been faithful. I am no longer, never in my life, not at any cost, will ever denounce the name of Jesus. I will not denounce the name of Jesus. Caesar has not given me salvation. Jesus has given me salvation. For 86 years, this Lord has carried me. Praise the Lord. He probably could have said, you know what, Lord, you understand all the situations. For 86 years, I have been a faithful servant. I know, God, you're merciful, you're wonderful, you're good. Lord, just for one second, I just want to die peacefully. I am scared of the gallows. I am scared of crucifixion. I am scared of being, being beheaded. Lord, I'm scared of the persecution. Lord, just for one moment, I'm going to say, Caesar is Lord. But in my heart, you are the Lord of all. Just in my words, I could say that. No, he did not. What did he do? His he-, he was beheaded. Even at the point of death, he did not denounce God. I want a church to understand something real quick. And I want the worship team to be behind me. I began a sermon explaining to us, Jesus is going to come back, right? The events of Jesus is coming back. Everything will happen in our life. There's going to be a lifetime in our time. There's persecution all around the world. There are going to be more persecutions. There's going to be a time when you will be persecuted for your faith. Each one of you, listen to me, every child in this room, you will be in that moment, might have persecution in your lifespan. 
I'm not saying after Jesus' rapture. I'm saying in this time and age, you see persecution all around different parts of the world. There's persecution that is happening. You and me will be persecuted for our faith. But let me declare in this house, as Polycarp said, thus far the hand of Lord has led me and I will rest in the arms of God Almighty. Even if they behead me, even if they crucify me, I don't care. For me to live is Christ and die is gain because the moment I die, I am with my Savior. Can we all rise up in God's house? Declare Him voluntarily in this house that Jesus is the Lord of our life. Jesus is the Lord of my family. Jesus is the Lord. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and they are saved. Listen to this. The name of the Lord is. Who is the name of the Lord? Jesus. The name of the Lord who has been exalted. His name is a mighty fortress. A tower. Bible helps us to understand. The righteous run to it and they are safe. You and me. Check your own standing in God's presence. Check your own self today my friend. That am I righteous in the sight of God? Are there areas where you need corrections? Ask the Holy Spirit. Lord minister, help me O oh Lord that my standing becomes righteous and clean at your sight. That Lord, when I run, I run to safety in you. You are the Lord of my life. Every eye closed looking to the face of Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of all or He is not Lord at all. I declare in this house that Jesus is the Lord of our life. He is the Lord of our life. As we sing this song, I want everybody to meditate, declare, Yeshu Christu, Jesus Christ, the Lord of our heart.